Hi, welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I'm speaking with Cody Harms. Cody Harms is a board-certified behavior analyst and the co-author of Curated Family Therapeutics, a therapy practice specializing in supporting families and professionals within the special education community. Originally from Des Moines, Iowa, Cody obtained his undergraduate degree in education from Iowa State University, followed by a master's in special education from California State University, Los Angeles. Though he has over 10 years of experience working in homes, clinics, communities, and schools, Cody is first and foremost an advocate, feeling that his greatest impact is made supporting the loved ones of people with diverse needs, parents, siblings, clinicians, and teachers. Cody currently resides in Los Angeles, California, where he supports clients both in person and through telehealth. Cody, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm super excited. Oh, I'm really excited too. And I want to just start with the basics, which is what's your background, Cody, and how did you get into this field? It's a great question. Um, I'm actually third generation teacher. So three out of four grandparents were teachers. My mother was a teacher. I used to go to summer school with her every summer. And as I observed her, I, that kind of sparked my interest. Mm-hmm. When I was in... Um, Undergrad, I worked at this camp in Des Moines, where I'm from. Uh, it's called Camp Sunnyside. Nice shout out because that is an incredible place. Um, <laughs> but I, I did respite and I did a lot of personal care stuff there. But mm. uh, all the population that attends uh, has some sort of cognitive or physical diagnosis. So a lot mm-hmm. of special education overlap. And um, like I said, I worked there doing respite and I did a lot of personal cares. But what I really learned there is like, A, who I wanted to be kind of made me the man that I wanted to be. And then also I learned a lot about people with various diagnoses, different specialties. I learned really like how to show and get respect from those that were different than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really, really proud of that work because it, it shaped me as a young man and, and it really brought me to where I'm at today. So it's been a really cool thing. Well, um, what a fantastic background. I love that you did that. I do have a question for you sure. that really doesn't have anything to do with what we're going to talk about. But did yeah. going to summer school with your mom make you a whole lot smarter? <laughs> uh, no, but it made, me, it made me want to be a teacher so bad. I, I always like by the time I got into high school, I was focused a lot less on the content and a lot more on like, why do some students like some teachers and other students don't like the same teacher? So I, I really kind of focused on uh, the behavior of being a teacher and like, how do you be cool? That was a big influence on me. And then, like I said, mm-hmm. when I started working with uh, kids and, uh, on the spectrum or, or adults on the spectrum, it was like, how do I how do I make them think I'm cool? <laughs> right, which is the same as how do we connect? Yeah. And exactly. and I and I really really love that. So, thank you for sharing that. What sure. is curated family therapeutics and what exactly do you do in yeah. CFT? Yeah, 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 that's an excellent question. So, we are a private practice therapy organization. Um, essentially, it's like the amalgamation of all the experience I've had uh working as a BCBA or working with respite or working with families whether that's like direct intervention with the kiddo or working with the parents or working with OT speech or teachers. I've kind of seen it all from like IEPs to toilet training to like making our first best friend to making a girlfriend to helping dad and and son go to the baseball game without a massive meltdown. Mm -hmm. So it's an amalgamation of that, but it's really primary focused on those that are working around the kiddos, right? So parents, teachers, you know, admin, counselors, OT speech, those that are making the biggest impact on 
a population of people that I felt like have made the biggest impact on me. Kind of those mm-hmm. that like have maybe, I would argue, one of the most important jobs in the world, whether that's mm-hmm. being a teacher or a parent with a child with a diagnosis or OT or whomever. Um, but I really want to make sure that they feel strong in their mental health so they can be at their best for the, the kiddos they're working with. Well, I connect with that because you and I connected over the fact that some of the things that we do have crossover and have some similarities. And so when you talk about helping those that are working with our children and particularly parents themselves, it really is essentially helping the child. Yes. Yeah. I always feel like, and you know this as a parent or, you know, and in all your professional work, when um, those that are in charge are at their best, then they can, you know, present the most opportunities and, and particularly learning opportunities for the kiddos that need mm-hmm. it most. And um, I'm really, really proud of that work. And and uh, I've had quite a, quite a lot of success too, which again, mm-hmm. more reason to be proud. It really is more reason to be proud. And I, it makes me wonder what, what motivated you to start Curated Family Therapeutics? Excellent question. Well, I mean, I've been kind of what we talked about before. I've, I've just idolized teachers my whole life, whether it was, you know, my own teachers or my grandmother or my, my mother. And so that's really the initiation of it. And then as I had all these great influences in my my personal life and my career that really shaped, again, like the way that I worked with these individuals, whether it's how I show respect or it's how I talk to them or how I talk about them to parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found is particularly like when the when the pandemic hit, the visualization and the understanding of like the burnout and the challenges that were presented in these these really important jobs was so high. And I love the recent sort of shift in culture about talking about mental health, right? Like you and I can agree that that's so important. Very much so. Yeah. What I think the challenge that ended up happening was, is that some people thought about their mental health and saw the amount of weight that it was putting on their life and kind of realized like maybe that wasn't the the reward of helping out the, the next generation or teaching or whatever you were inspired to teach or to work with these students are, it was, it just wasn't enough because the weight of every day going to work and not feeling happy was just too much. So that was the real inspiration. Like, how do I support the population that I care about most? And I think the widest net that I can cast is supporting those that work with that population or those that are the parents of. I really like that. So I know there are a lot of parents out there who are thinking, yes, this sounds nice, but would I have time for that? Or sorry, I don't have time to prioritize myself. I need to be there for my child. What would you say to parents who feel like they don't have time to reach out to receive help for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I, I completely empathize with that. And I, I understand that. Like, I, I, you know, again, I've had such a beautiful vantage point of observing all of these parents, like whether you know, I'm working with their child in their bedroom or I'm seeing them, uh, I'm working with them during a meltdown at the grocery store, right? And, mm-hmm. and all the eyes are on them. And then we're back in the car and we're, we're talking through it. Um, so I, I see all of it and I do really understand, I, I feel like I have a better vantage point than most and understanding how difficult the day-to-day can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. But my real answer would be a question as like, what, what does you supporting your child at the max, like what is you being the best parent ever what does that really look like? Or what does that really mean? Um, and, you know, like some parents will tell me like, well, I'm, I don't have time because I have to give 100% of myself to my son. 
and I would say, well, what does what what does a hundred percent of yourself look like on a day to day basis or an hour to hour basis? And if you're giving a hundred percent of yourself to your kiddo, is that is that a sustainable life? Is that really benefit you? Does that really benefit your kiddo? I always mm-hmm. like to think, you know, we're like a battery, right? We need to recharge. We need to refuel the gas tank. We need to invest in ourselves so that way we can invest in the ones we love. And on top of that, it's great modeling for your kiddo, right? It's great to see them like, well, mom, you know, takes 45 minutes to do yoga or I see that mom and dad have a date night, you know, and I see how in love they are or I see when dad's upset, he goes for a walk in the yard and I see him take deep breaths. Like that's a really cool thing maybe I should start doing that. So I think mm-hmm. all those things are important. And I know how challenging it can be to prioritize yourself, but prioritizing yourself is really about, it's an opportunity for your kiddos to learn, but also to have more success with them. Well, I really like that answer. And it just made me think as a parent myself of multiple children with additional needs, I always think of what I didn't know and how frustrating it was to be working in this space of not knowing how best to show up and support my children. Mm -hmm. And it takes me to that quote by Maya Angelou when she says, do the best you can until you know better Then, when you know better, do better. Mm -hmm. And I was always waiting to, to know better so that I could do better. I was constantly reading and trying to devour information and best tools and tips and tricks and all the things. And I just wished that there was someone or a group of someones that I could be in touch with who could guide me through that. What does that look like? What are best practices? How did you figure out those were best practices? Oh, here's the information on that. That's amazing. And this is what that looks like. So then in the end, as a parent, I could say, you know what, I, I do know that I what I've learned is better than where I was at, and I'm yeah. going to implement that better now. And it made me feel more confident in who I was as a parent as I began to learn more and incorporate the things that I learned into the lives of my loved ones. And it just helped things feel calmer at my home, which started with me as the parent. So that's something that I love about, about seeking help for the parent as an individual first. And so I appreciate you talking about that. Thank you for sharing your story too. I think, I think that's really important. I mean, I, as a sort of clinician that there's only so much that I can say, but I think coming from someone like you, that is a parent that's had so much success with it, that, you know, kind of to, develop their own expectations and um, achieve so many great things. I think it's wonderful for you to share that. And I think that's one of the reasons this podcast is so great. (laughs) Thanks, Cody. I appreciate that. Um, What's like, if I'm, if I'm walking into a session with you, how does one of your sessions work? What would it look like? It's a really great question. So our sessions are really customized to what you want to work on. And that goes, it's kind of a two-way street, right? Like a lot of things you'll talk about that, that um, you specifically as a parent want to work on. But then also we do an initial assessment. We do sort of like an intake on feedback about different facets of your life, how they're going, why they're going well, maybe why they aren't going as well. And then what we do is we focus on what we call a values assessment. And a values assessment is kind of going to be values that you want to define your life by. And this is something that's really never wrong in your life. And it also is going to serve as your North Star for 
what you're working towards, right? So these are going to kind of establish your goals. Like if your value is, you know, kindness, my value, one of my values is kindness. So to share a personal example, and one of my like daily actions that I want to take towards kindness is that every time that I go to the grocery store, I don't want to make it just sort of like a flippant process of checking out. What I want to make it sure is that like I use the person's name. I genuinely ask how their day is. I genuinely want to see a smile. And if I can make that person smile, I feel like I'm putting kindness out to the world. And that's just something little that I want to work on. Mm -hmm. um, you may have something similar, but maybe it's more focused to yourself or to your partner or to your kiddo, whatever that looks like. Those are things that we're going to set as goals on a weekly basis. And uh, the process is more of a marathon than a sprint, which is sometimes challenging. What we like to do is if we're working on a marathon, maybe week number one, we're just going to walk that first half mile. And we're going to learn how to celebrate that first half mile being a big deal. And then all of a sudden, it's three months down the road and you're running three miles and two and a half is super easy. So we, we mm -hmm. build upon that gradually. I think, Michelle, the biggest portion of how our sessions work is we take a weekly health score. And that's one to ten. One being like worst day, worst week ever. I kind of want to give up on life. Ten being like bachelor, bachelorette party, like best day ever. I'm the best parent ever. Um, and we measure that on a weekly basis and then a three month basis to see how you're going and how you're feeling. Um, I think the important thing is to remember is that we're not looking for everybody to score 10 out of 10 every day, right? Like being a parent, being a teacher, being a professional is challenging. And when you're working with humans, they present variables that are, that are not always in control. But what we are looking for is for you to average anywhere from seven to 10 on good days, on really rough days, on mediocre days somewhere in that range. And that really shows us that those daily actions that we're working on or those weekly goals that we're working on are effective and, and working towards your goals and your values or whatever you want as a parent or as a teacher. I really like that. And actually, just as a side note, I've talked about this before in past podcasts, we have a family value system, but we are a blended family. And so mm -hmm. we say Williams and Portlocks are honest and kind. And when yeah. we created it, I thought that's so simple. But the truth is, is those two attributes really break down. Yes. And there's so many things to learn and so many different aspects of our lives that fall under those two categories. So anyway, I love the idea of working with an individual's value system and not pushing your own value system on yeah. someone else. And I always tell my clients, you have a value system, whether yeah. you stated it or not. Yeah. And and so we kind of talk about what that could be and what that looks like and, and why it matters and why knowing what your value system yes. um, is can can help you create goals that fall right underneath that yeah. value umbrella that you've yeah. created. I think what a lot of it does too is it is allows, you know, those that I'm working with to sort of set their expectations and to set measurements that are relevant and important to where they're at right now and where they want to mm -hmm. go. Sometimes mm -hmm. um, people spiral a little bit or they get overwhelmed because they don't feel like they're accomplishing X, Y, and Z, but really sure. they never set the destination to start. So setting the mm -hmm. destination, setting those expectations, defining really what that looks like, that's going to allow you to have that success. And that's going to allow you when you get to destination one to look back and celebrate and to be proud of yourself or to be proud of your kiddo or, um, mm -hmm. and then look for where you want to go next. But I think establishing those at the beginning is, is really vital to anybody's success and, and overall health. 
Well, that makes sense to me. And something I'm drawn to that you do is the one to 10. I like mm-hmm. that because people like to look back and say, is there growth? Yeah. And, and I think that's a way to show growth and to show progress. And my, my goal, my ultimate goal is to help parents just feel some sense of confidence, a sense of calm, a sense of, okay, there's going to be hard days, but I can do this because generally overall, I have tools in my pocket that help me manage these situations on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So it sounds like you are very similar. Yes, yes, yes. And I think one, the feedback that we get a lot, the way our process differs a little bit from traditional therapy is a lot of times the feedbacks I get is like, well, when I'm working with my therapist, I feel really good during session, or I feel really great for the 24 hours session after session, but then I don't know how to carry that through the rest of the week, or I'm, or I'm not sure what to do when what I talked about during therapy, when I encounter in the real life, if we mm-hmm. go back, or if we, you know, use an example of, I mentioned earlier of the parent that, that was, um, you know, struggling because her kiddo was having pretty significant episodes in the grocery store while she may talk about it during her therapy session and feel good in that moment, that's not necessarily empowering us to what should we do before the grocery store, during the grocery store incident, and then how do we talk to ourselves after? So I think those goals that we set, we, we set weekly goals in each session, and then in the, the, the following session, we check in and adapt them. I think those mm-hmm. are really important distinction of what we do. And, and again, along with the health score, help our measurement and help observe that growth and and really celebrate the growth too, right? I'm I'm hoping this is a really positive experience. It should be shifting your mindset to not all the things you aren't doing as a parent, but all the things you are great at as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a big process. That is a big process. And I love that you answered the difference between what you do and traditional therapy, because I wanted to ask you about that. So thank you. Um, Cody, I, I have a couple more questions for you. And one is how can like parent consulting or parent coaching actually benefit the parent? We've talked about it a little bit. So I want to add a second part to yeah. that, which is, and in turn, how does it benefit the child? It's a really good question. I think it's something that a lot of parents struggle with to sort of get their head wrapped around. I get a lot mm-hmm. of phone calls from parents that are curious about what we do and and concern for themselves or concern for their kiddo. And then, um, you know, when they, when they realize what it sort of takes and addressing themselves first, it it can be overwhelming. I think often Mm -hmm. what parents, what becomes challenging for parents is that kiddos are a direct reflection of themselves for better or worse. You know, it's like kind of Mm -hmm. looking in a mirror and there's that moment with every parent that I've looked at and kind of realized like, wow, all the wonderful things my kiddo is doing, I'm pretty responsible for and all the non-wonderful things I also have some input on. And and that can be a really challenging mirror to look in. Mm -hmm. Our process is kind of like the airplane going down. I want you to put your oxygen mask on you before you're applying it on your kiddo, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going back to the example that I used earlier about the kiddo that was really struggling um, in the grocery store, if we're um, kind of like freaking out or we're getting really overwhelmed when our kiddo is getting overwhelmed at the grocery store, nobody's winning. We're not really solving anything. Mm -hmm. On top of that, what's probably going to end up happening is that we're not going to be super motivated to allow them to go to the grocery store and have success because it becomes a situation where it's so overwhelming. It's easier to give in, to give them what they want, even if it's not appropriate for them, or even if it's not really a great life lesson, because it can be so challenging. So what I want to focus on during our sessions is what can you do before 
what can you do during and what can you do after challenging events in your life? Whether that be, you know, things that you apply on a daily basis, like reflection or uh, thinking about like your mental health score or exercise, mm -hmm. or whether that's things afterwards about how you talk about incidents, you know? If we were, again, to use the same example of uh, the kiddo who gets overwhelmed in the grocery store because they want to get a chocolate bar every time they go, and if they don't get a chocolate bar, they have a meltdown and, you know, hit their head on the floor. There's two ways to look at that, really. There could be like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, my gosh, this is so overwhelming. Oh, my gosh, I can't do this next time. Oh, my gosh, he's hurting himself. Oh, my gosh, what do, like, what do I do? Everyone's staring versus it could look like, wow, that was challenging, but I'm glad we rode through it because he didn't get the chocolate bar. Wow, mm -hmm. he calmed down so much faster than last time. Wow, I felt really calm during that, and I'm super proud of myself. Mm -hmm. It's getting better every time. You know, I can do better next time, and I'm going to reach out for support. All those things, th those, what I just said are the same, same story, same situation, but one of them sounds so much stronger, and one of them allows both the kiddo and both yourself to have more opportunities for success. Mm, I really like that. I also, so, something that I discussed with a client I was working with earlier today was that my very best moments as a parent raising neurodivergent children are those moments where I am self-regulated and therefore it gives my children more of an yes. opportunity for them to be regulated as well. Yeah. And those are my best moments. Yeah. And I think about what you've said here. And I think it's one of those, it feels like backwards parenting sometimes, because yeah. when you talk about going into a grocery store and you're in a public situation, sometimes you just want to say, stop that. This is embarrassing. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah. looking, but who I am now, and I don't mean to take it to me, but sure. it does make me think of how I show up. You know, I've had experiences where I've been on a playground with my child and mm -hmm. she's had a meltdown and I've had parents looking at me and I am in a space where I just say, Oh, I'm on it. Don't you worry. We got it. Like I, I'm very calm. And sometimes I use humor sure. because I'm, I'm in a state of mind where I still can. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm working in, in my mind, I'm using like mantras to keep, kind of keep myself calm and I'm just yeah. showing up for my child and I'm focused on them. And when I'm calm and I show up for my child, it's, yeah. it's really interesting because whether you want it to be happening or not, when you're in a public situation and people are watching you show up calmly for yeah. your distressed child, there is a sense of people yeah. wanting to cheer you on and support yeah. you a little bit more. Yeah. So I, and I hope it goes both ways. I hope that yeah. when we're in a stressful situation and we are stressed and we're showing our stress that outsiders yeah. can also step in with support. However, yeah. what we learn is, we can only control ourselves at the end of the day and, and not those around us. So just yeah. teaching ourselves to bring that self-regulation into our lives more consistently yeah. is so beneficial. And one of the number one things that I talk about with parents, how yeah. about you? I know I, I'm 100 percent and I love it, too, because, again, you talk about the modeling aspect of like maybe these incidents are happening in front of a sibling. So now we're modeling for the sibling how to stay calm or maybe you're mm -hmm. a teacher. So now you're modeling it in front of all the other students or maybe the parent who doesn't have those skills yet. But you can mm -hmm. exhibit them and you can show them like, 
listen, when we feel, when we respond this way, calm, you know, telling ourselves it's going to be great, making jokes out of it, he's having so much more success when you get to that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I love it for a myriad of reasons. And then on top of that, like, I, I don't really know anybody who wants to get so overwhelmed and feel negative and, and have those negative thoughts during that situation. And I mm -hmm. think what you're talking about um, is kind of the analogy I always make is like we our thoughts, um, our thoughts are our brain's diet, right? So they mm -hmm. are what they eat. If we eat negative thoughts, if we eat like, oh, my gosh, so many parents are looking at me and this is so embarrassing and my kiddo's never going to make friends at the park in your situation. Or if we eat like, hey, I got this. I'm so calm. I, I'm so happy he's at the park and getting this experience. I loved how he played with that one boy. You know, like those thoughts mm -hmm. uh, are really our brain's diet. And, and, and again, I think kind of what you're talking about is such a better experience and, and allows the kiddo to have so much more opportunity. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. What you say is our thoughts are our brain's diet. I always say our thoughts create our actions. Yes. I think it's very similar. Yeah. And so, well, we'll move on from that part, but I just wanted to share with listeners mm -hmm. how they might be able to get in touch with you. How can they find you? That's a really good question. Thank you for, for asking. Um, we have an email, we have a website, we have an Instagram. I know that I'm followed with you and I'm sure you'll do an awesome job and potentially post this, but um, our website is uh, just the name of our company, curatedfamilytherapeutics.com. And mm -hmm. then um, we have an email info at curatedtherapeutics.com. And then we have a phone number and, and all the good stuff if you want to get connected. And what is your Instagram handle? It is at curatedfamilytherapeutics. Awesome. I just wanted to make sure that people knew because I like talking to you. I feel very calm when I talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, thank <laughs> yeah, you. I, I do mean that. So yeah. thanks again for being with me today. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Yeah, no, I appreciate being here. And um, yeah, it's just been a really wonderful experience. And regardless of what comes from this, I encourage you to continue with this because I think it's a really wonderful opportunity. And as I told you before, I love all the different perspectives that you get from professionals to parents to adults on the spectrum to everybody. I think it's all really, really important and, and adds a lot of value. And we're, we're all on the same team looking for the same goals here. So it's great. I agree. Thank you so much, Cody. And thank you to those that are listening for joining me today. You can also find me on Instagram at navigating.the.spectrum. Take care. <laughs>